0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. The summer hiatus is over. Welcome back to another fabulous installment of Matt and Dennis, the Matt and Dennis podcast. My name is Matt Scarano. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined alongside, as always, once again, on the back half of summer with my good friend, Mr. Dennis Vinci from our Virginia studios. Dennis, good to see you again. I miss your musk, as you said. Uh, welcome back to
1: uh the show. Let, let, let's do this thing. How you doing? How was your summer? Summer's been good, Mateo. Miss your face. You're looking good. Sitting in the pitch black, as you've said, because it's too hot to even turn on the lights down there in the Sunshine State. Looking good in the green. Uh, we're both fresh off some vacations. Both in the same area of the country. Kate May last full week of July. You uh just north-ish east-ish is uh
0: where they yep. film the jersey
1: the jersey shore literally uh the week after first week of august so
0: do not film the jersey shore in a while with
1: wildwood that's i couldn't think of the name i'm wearing it on my shirt <laughs> i only i only saw shamrock i did not see well oh seaside heights that's where they filmed yes. the jersey shore uh which evidently makes its return tonight as of this recording this thursday evening
0: We'll have to finish Somehow, this
1: some way, the lone Dom Costanzo keeping that show alive for the folks at MTV. Missed, missed production opportunity
0: on our part to not bring him on the show tonight.
1: I, he's got prior obligations. He's got to watch what's happening for those middle-aged folks with abundance of plastic surgery to see what they're doing in life. Can only imagine. Sammy's back. Sweetest bitch you'll ever meet.
0: They have to be. They're in their at least older 30s now, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when we were in college, the situation was late 30s, no? Yeah, we that sounds right. That that sounds right. Um, He's probably closer to 50 than he is What uh, at this point.
0: What did you do while you were in Cape May?
1: Absolutely nothing. We had plans to go to the brewery. I've never been to the Cape May Brewery. I'm a big fan of their beers. Nothing major, but they're fine IPAs. I've liked what I've had plans to do that we were gonna i brought my clubs i was supposed to golf more than once didn't do a damn thing woke up almost every morning maybe half of the week we were there to take a nice walk view the mansions around cape may with my sister and my brother-in-law uh took work walks down the boardwalk um you know then we just sat our asses on the beach drank some beers went back had some sandwiches cooked some wieners some burgers Went back to the beach. Then we came back, drank some more. Then we went to dinner. That's it. And you were seven staying, days of nothing. And you were staying right next to the wedding venue. Right next to the wedding venue at the Periwinkle Hotel. Uh, the great Jerry. Shout out. Uh, I'm going to see him when we're down there. I told him I'm coming back down. I'm mm-hmm. going to introduce, I'm probably going to introduce all of you. He's invited us all to stop by the hotel to say hi. Uh, he's a great, he's a family friend. He's like so. the owner of the hotel? He is now the prized owner of the hotel. It's, it's a family business. His mother passed away this year, and he is head dog now. Yeah, we'll
0: definitely go sad I went to Cape May a bit, too. Cape May's super cool. And like you said, it's like right down the street from Wildwood. We popped into Cape May Brewing for a second. We also went to Cold Spring Brewing, which is another one that's been on my radar. I've heard it's of that. Kind of like, you know, Sturbridge Village? That everyone in goes Massachusetts? to. Massachusetts. Yeah, it's like that, except a brewery around Cape May. It's not far from where Cape May Brewing is. It's a little bit. Are you more... saying
1: the town is like Sturbridge?
0: No, like the brewery is like with this little historic village. The brewery is embedded in this village. That's like the Cape May version of Sturbridge Village, essentially.
1: Wow. Oh.
0: Like the, the people wear like Puritan clothing. There's a blacksmith. They give tours. Goats
1: just food. hanging out pigs some hot lady churning butter using both hands
0: well they have a hot dog lady who walks all right we're getting we're getting uh, sorry, we have, we're running out of time here but yes there was a hot dog lady there too what else are
1: we gonna talk about sports yeah. come on yeah.
0: we, we gotta do sports now that we know how our summers are going what we got planned i'm back in the fantasy league i'm, I'm happy about that oh my god all these motorcycles yeah, I'm on the balcony just so I don't keep anyone up on this recording of the podcast. Sweating my nuts off right now. Um, Are you inside or outside? Outside. I'm on the balcony right now. Outside. Outside.
1: But it's 100 degrees. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you not be inside where the air conditioning is? I don't
0: want it. Lauren has to work at five. Social media manager Lauren has to work. At ah, there.
1: of course. Getting that uh, show logo ready.
0: Yes, and you know what? I'll sweat off some extra pounds for the wedding. Um. All right, Dennis. Unfortunately, we have to talk about. Uh, some good things and some not good things our last episode Dennis when do you think was our last episode I just looked it up before uh, you sent me uh, the invite
1: to start tonight's recording I'd like to guess May but I think it might be before I don't even know if we made it to May May 17th was our last
0: episode and we were talking about Uh, the Yankee season up to that point. So we got to talk about where they are now. I'll eat some crow immediately and say, I said this would be a downfall year for the Tampa Bay Rays. I was very much wrong. Um, The Rays are still very good. Um, One thing that I was kind of right about was I said, you know, look out for the Orioles. Uh, Their time is coming. Um, they They have a lot of young talent and we are seeing that. The Rays controlled the division most of the year up to the last couple of weeks. That's now, it would appear, the Baltimore Orioles division to lose amidst what has been a great year, some negative publicity for them. We can get into that in a little bit, but good for the Baltimore Ravens, as we expected, Nada from the Boston Red Sox. As we, I think, both kind of expected, Toronto Blue Jays, you know, we could even say they've haven't been as as uh, productive as we thought they would be.
1: Yeah, I thought they'd be better.
0: It's kind of sitting in. They're not great. They're not awful. They're in some kind of limbo. I mean, the division as a whole, even with that schmuck team in last place that we're going to talk about, the entire division as of now is a winning record, um, which is very impressive, speaks to the division. And, and even with a bunch of teams being the worst they've been in years, it's still by far, correct me if I'm wrong, the best division of baseball.
1: What's awesome, too, because I know I'll forget about this, but I think I saw it last week where if you combined it, the AL Central and the AL East, where the standings are now, you would not have to move a single team. It's literally O's to Yankees, and then I think the Twins are still leading it to, I don't even know who's in last place in that division, but like the records line up where you wouldn't have to move a team yeah. in, any, in any order, which is fascinating.
0: Yeah, here, we'll, we'll do this quick. I mean, the Yankees are in last, so surprise, surprise. Um, I mean, if you want to touch on the division first uh, in general, like as a whole, Dennis, and then we can get into the nitty-gritty of the Yankees, if you have anything.
1: Only quickly, Uh, I guess the Blue Jays are doing what we probably should have expected. I, at the beginning of the season, would have flopped or flopped, flipped what the Jays and Orioles are doing. I expect the Blue Jays to be that better team, 70 wins as we're approaching the middle of August. Uh, And the Orioles kind of being that, oh, they're up and coming. Look at this surprise team flirting with the playoffs, kind of in the wild card run, but not like contending to win the division with Tampa. I really didn't think Tampa was going to slow down. I guess you did. I don't even remember you saying that. Uh, The Red Sox, I Guess are doing okay. I expected them to be very bad, but a winning record to this point in the season is going to have them flirting with a few games above 500, which I think should be appropriate for, on paper, what you looked at the roster in March and April. Uh, and then, obviously, we can get to the dumpster fire that is the Bronx Bombers. You're muted. Thank you. Uh, I, to- I can't hear the motorcycles. I don't know if that's because I don't have headphones on. Again, if any of our uh, our listeners are going to listen with headphones, maybe they will hear the – Out front,
0: this is essentially the Audubon lately once it's after.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, Dennis, you know, we'll, we'll get this out of the way again. Best division in baseball bar none. Yankees winning record in the best division in baseball. Let's get that out of the way. I knew the Yankees were bad, at least in our standards and ALE standards and recent history standards. But this is – it's gotten so ridiculous. And, Dennis, I kind of feel ashamed, and I I think I deserve every bit of ridicule because as bad as it's gotten, I've watched more games than I have not. Again, as I always say, not beginning to end, not every pitch, none of that, not – such as He Who Shall Not Be Named. But I have I've watched more games than I have not. Even when they've been losing, even when the series is already lost and they still have a chance at game three in a three-game series. I, I've watched. I watched the White Sox. The Yankees were down like five, two last night. They load the bases. Nobody out. I'm like, oh, you have my attention. They don't get a single run in. I was like, yeah, fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Type situation. What an embarrassment. It's uh, this team sucks. The coach sucks. The GM sucks. The front office doesn't have the balls to do anything about it. Uh, Aaron Boone or Aaron Boone, excuse me, Aaron judge, not his fault. Stubs his toe on concrete in Los Angeles. The only guy creating any offense, the guy, John Carlos Stanton. I'm listening to the fan boomer. What a shocker has his head up his ass. Doesn't know sports him and Jerry Recco. well, Oh, well, John Carlos Stan, he hit a solo home run last night. This is his chance to take control of the team. John Carlos Stan has never taken control of the team. He's never lit a fire under any Yankee player or Yankee fans asked. Why start tomorrow? So, I don't know what the heck they're talking about this morning. Uh it's it's just a just a joke of a team. Uh it's and and, and you know it's when, when they set up, when it's like, okay, three consecutive base hits, this is it. Boom, here we go. Base is loaded. Nobody out. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I, I remember listening to an episode like I do sometimes on a board. I'll go back and listen to all Matt and Dennis' episodes. I listened to one last year, and I said, I said, you know what, Dennis? The Yankees find themselves down and out in a lot of these games. But the eighth, ninth inning comes, and the Yankees are losing. I'm not turning that off because the bats have been coming alive, and the bats are coming alive in unlikely places, too, the bottom of the order. Not the case this year. Not the case. The fact that we relied on a guy, which not his fault, Anthony Rizzo, to create the offense and, and rely on his bat at the beginning, middle of the order, that shows you that there was a massive problem. And, Dennis, what's the what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, and that is when it's said and done with general manager Brian Cashman, that's what this team's going to be. They sucked last year. We barely did anything in the offseason. What did we do at the, the trade deadline? Dennis, if we bought, whatever. I probably wouldn't have bought. But if we would have sold, I would have said, you know what? All right. We give up on this year, focus on next year. This year's been a dumpster fire. They don't do anything. Who did we bring in? Some no name journeyman relief pitcher? Like what? It, it's just, it's it's been the only reason I'm not throwing more living room, bedroom furniture when the Yankees lose every night is because this is so predictable. It's just, it's just aggravating how predictable it is. And it's, it's, I'm more aggravated at how predictable it was than the results themselves. I'll shut up your thoughts.
1: I, <laughs> it's just funny because I mean, I wasn't excited about this season to start. I watched opening day, watched Garrett Cole pitch a nice game. I, it, it, it got me excited because it's opening day and it you kind of get that. I don't know. I have that nostalgia because I I went to a bunch of opening days in a row in a row. And it's, you know, baseball's back. Okay. But it just, I couldn't get excited because Matt, how many episodes of this podcast have been dedicated to talking about the Yankees and talking about the same damn thing over and over again, management, from what Cashman is and isn't doing, from the offense just being absolutely lackluster, and that's being very nice to say lackluster. So I just wasn't excited, and I have not watched a single game to completion this season. I have yet to watch a game from the top of the first to the ninth inning, top, bottom, whatever it may be, to completion and that it makes me sad because baseball still is my favorite sport. The Yankees still are the number one team that I root for, but I can't root for this team. I can't watch this team. I don't have fun watching this team. I didn't know that they weren't playing tonight. I opened up the MLB app that I pay for with people at work. Cause we're all in a state where we can't watch our teams every night. So we go in on MLB TV Oh, they're not playing tonight. they're off. okay, good. I guess that's a good thing. I don't have to put it on in the background, Dennis in your whatever misery might
0: in your defense <laughs> that's, in your defense, that's how I found out too. I turned it on right before we ate dinner. Today. okay
1: oh, they're not there it makes <laughs> it makes me feel it makes me feel a little bit better. i I don't know. it's just it, it it sucks because it I talk all of this crap through the year and like how how you can defend this team and we talk about him who uh who shall not be named the great Ellis Gill. I actually asked him, we were playing video games earlier before this to come on the pod. He had stuff to do, he had to take care of the dogs, had to do some food prep, making chicken, what he said. So he couldn't come on the pod. Because I'm interested to see how his perspective has been about this season so far. Yeah, no. Anything, any excuse to not come on the pod to try and defend the Yankees. He
0: didn't want to eat crow and talk about the Yankees.
1: But it, it makes me sad for you guys. And our friends, when I open up that group chat and there's been a lot of Yankee discussion and it's you, uh, the great Mike Osa, top fan, Ellis. talk trying to find optimism, hearing you guys bail on this team at certain points over the last couple of weeks, like what? Well, that's it. I guess we can give up on this season. I gave up on the season in March. I I didn't have any expectation for greatness because it didn't matter. Look what happened last year. One of the best starts of all time on pace to destroy what the 98 Yankees did. One of the best teams of all time. Aaron Judge breaking a record that we thought might never be broken. And yet we we walked into the playoffs and saw the exact same thing that we have seen for the last couple of years. So I'm sorry, but no, I'm not getting excited for this regular season. And we've talked about it. It makes me sound like a jackass. It makes me sound entitled. Excuse me. Sorry that I was born in 1990. And by the time I was cognizant of kind of paying attention to baseball, the Yankees went to a World Series playoffs, World Series, World Series, World Series, World Series, skip two years, another World Series. Like, it just, uh, you know, the, the it, it just sucks. I feel to the people that really do love this team and watched and hung on, and they do have a winning record. I will not take that away from them, from the injuries and the, I'm not going to be frightened, the shit play that has been on the field. They have a winning record, but they are in last place in their division. That is not necessarily their fault, but it is in fact their fault. We talked last year, should Aaron Boone be gone? Should Brian Cashman be gone? I'm pretty sure we were in agreement on this podcast. We wanted change. We didn't get change. We got extensions. We got complacency from the front office. George Steinbrenner is doing 720s in his box right now under the earth. He's <laughs> this <laughs> rolling and rolling. What's going on? Yes, gracious. <laughs> just... It's unfortunate. It sucks. It's, I was one of the people saying, oh, Aaron judge doesn't want to take the contract let him walk. I know it's only one year and you, you you don't, and you said it, you don't want to blame him. He's been injured, but guess what? He's been injured a lot. He's been injured a lot since he was in contention for rookie of the, or I think he won rookie of the year in contention for an MVP award. Jose Altuve robbing him of that MVP award. And then we finally saw the flashes of it last year. Greatness. What happens this year? Back to the injury report. It's the same crap we talk about when we're going to get to the Giants, and I know we're going to get to it with Saquon Barkley. Should he or should not he have been signed? We've seen the greatness on the field, but the problem is, if it is him staying on the field. Aaron Judge's problem is him staying on the field, and he hasn't really done that this year. He makes that offense go. But I can't put any of the blame on him because there's eight other guys batting, and they're all ass.
0: Yeah, you can't, you can't put the blame on him when – He's the only one that really got us any got us to the playoffs. The Yankees don't make the playoffs last year without Aaron Judge. That's Agreed. that's a matter of fact. Um, so I, I can't, I hesitate to put, I mean, the health is an issue, and that kind of to your point, the Saquon Barkley thing, are you paying how much are you paying for the actual talent of the player, and how much are you paying for the security and the merchandise, and et cetera, et cetera, and all that stuff? But no, I, I look at this Yankee season and I look at just some of the storylines that have been so, you'll like this one, Dennis, so par for the course of the Yankees, complete with even before a single pitch was thrown. Dennis, what's one of our funniest, not really funny, but uh, tongue-in-cheek jokes is which player is going to announce that they are needing uh, pretty much entire or surgery that will cause them to miss the entire season? That we find out about at the end of February. And then you and I made the the um the bet together on the podcast in the winter. Like once once the pitchers and catchers reported, how many players or would there be players that announce injuries or surgical procedures between now and opening day? There's a handful of them. We get uh Carlos Rodon, our big uh off season signing. The dude doesn't pitch till what June, July, and then it's second start. He's blowing kisses, being an asshole to the the, the Yankee fans in Los Angeles. The guy, hasn't, the guy hasn't done shit. Excuse my language. We finally get this amazing performance from Herman. Just amazing. Granted, Oakland, but a perfect game. No hitters happen every other week. Perfect games do not. Just an amazing performance from Hermann. Then what happens? He gets caught getting trashed in the Yankees dugout now is never going to pitch again this year. And now he's in alcohol rehab. Like, just the it's it's just been nightmare after nightmare. Someone made a point. I don't know if it was a, a newspaper writer or whoever, but at first the Aaron Boone ejections were cool. All right, maybe we don't have the start we're getting. I can see what you're trying to do: show the players, the fan base, the front office that you really care. Stick up for your guys. Fire up your dugout. It was cool the first few times. Now he just looks like an idiot and the the, the shtick is not working anymore.
1: He's a meme, Matt. Our our freaking manager is a meme.
0: I sent one.
1: <laughs> it's on my Instagram story. The great account Friday beers shared it almost Friday with that stupid. Neh. Yeah. Whatever yeah. the hell he's doing.
0: Yeah. The stick it, it was, it was, it was cool. It was, it got the fans and players pumped up the, the last few times, but it's, it's, it just looks like now you're just desperate to do anything you can to keep your job. And it's, it's, that's becoming a joke. There's just so many, even when it looked like something cool to take away from the season, it's gone to shit. And it's, if I can, before we leave the baseball conversation, if I can make one comparison to the, with the Yankees and the Orioles, how many times have we said, Dennis, that as much as it would hurt fans like yourself and myself to see this, the Yankee team, really hit that reset button, sucked for a few years, maybe not make the playoffs for a few years, not see the World Series for a long, long time. But we really, and it looked like we were doing that for a second, really investing in our farm system, really counting on them. The Yankees couldn't quite rip the Band-Aid off of doing that. We kept the same washed-up free agent talent. Our pitching staff that looked like our, our bright spot there for a second severino what the heck happened to him just it it never the the severino experiment never panned out i think that's done but then you look at a team like the baltimore orioles the butt of every mlb joke the team couldn't fill half of their lower level in baltimore even though they have one of if not the most beautiful baseball stadium in the league they were the butt of jokes but slowly very slowly crawled back, and even I'll say up to as long as two years ago, maybe three, we saw improvements. They weren't good, but we saw improvements. Last year, still, would I classify them as good or characterize them as good? No, but we knew the trajectory was going upwards. There was no doubt about it, and I knew we both knew it was going up this year, and not only did it go up, it took a big step, a real big step, And I'm not a fan of front-runner fans. You should be there when your team sucks when they're doing well. So I will criticize uh, the Baltimore organization and their fans for that. That place looked like a funeral home for years. So you should be there with your team, especially when your stadium's that nice and your tickets, I promise you, were cheap. But now the Baltimore Orioles are showing the Yankees that if the Yankees maybe were a little bit more patient and took that same kind of approach as they did, maybe I'm Matt and Dennis tonight. We're not having this conversation. But that is the Yankee pedigree, and that's what the fans in New York expect. They don't want off seasons. They don't want rebuilds. We just throw the same guys in the same bag, mix it around, and hope it's a different result.
1: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It's weird too because it's not it's not like they're doing the terrible thing of the kind of early two thousands where they were going out signing. Aging veterans and the, and just paying top dollar for guys to come in and oh this guy's going to play this good and it's just this isn't worth it it's not going to work and maybe they're going to draw tickets and it's a big name and it's this but it's not going to get to the Yankee in a deep playoff run so they're not doing that but now they're not doing nothing they're not doing anything and that's the I don't know what the plan is and you look at my manager who now I think 100% of the fan base does not want to return the, the, the the days his first year of them winning a hundred games. And it's like, Oh, they didn't win the division. Well, that's because the Red Sox were that much better. And that that was the year that the Yankees won one game in Fenway and Aaron judge blasting New York, New York down the corridors of Fenway park. And then what happens? They come to Yankee stadium. We get our, we get our butts kicked and, It's just gone down. It's gone down. I I don't think any of us have ever thought Aaron Boone has been a great manager. But he's been fine. He's been a good player manager. And you made that point, the ejections. Now it just looks foolish. It looks silly. We went from a point of being the lineup and defending the batters. And now it's just, dude, now it's just drama. It's weird. It's, it's overkill. It's not, I don't know. And to your you mentioned, you mentioned, we'll say, I'm not going to say that the fans should have been there and fill in the, but they've been asked for a long, long time. So, you know, look at me, I'm not even watching the Yankees right now and we have a winning record. It's been, this is an, a better season than the Orioles have had in a long, long time. But the last, you know, maybe last year you start to see signs, but I'm with you. I've always wanted that rebuild out of the Yankees. And because they are the Yankees, because of the New York, we're probably never going to get that. I think you you said it. We were kind of teetering there right before they started making those trades with the Cubs and uh, the then Indians, now Guardians, all of those minor leaguers and Chapman and Torres and Frazier and these young guys. Well, let's wait. Let's 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 play. Let's build up because that. That was the cool thing to do because we saw what Houston was able to do. Houston was so good for so long because they built up from within. So it was like, oh, the Yankees can do that too. Let's acquire some pieces. Let's do this. Let's get the farm system. And then things just caught fire too quickly. And now it's just, it's a dumpster fire. Now, I mean, it it's unfortunate. It, and it, It's not even guys that we can't stand that aren't performing. It's guys like DJ LeMay who who look I know it's he's not a better second half veteran but mod own you're a multiple batting title winner Anthony Rizzo who had become a fan favorite who is a just an absolute buffoon up at the plate so it you know hats off to Garrett Cole he is the silver lining on this Yankee team but I don't know man 300 million for your ace he has to be I mean, pissed. That means nothing when there are rosters in your own division that don't have that payroll, his salary for a payroll. Yeah. And they're 10 plus games ahead of you. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, DJ LeMay has had a better second half. He's had a decent second half of this the season. i get getting that, but Garrett Cole, you got to be pissed if you're him and you're throwing these great performance after great performance and getting no offensive production whatsoever. Dennis, if I could go right back and then we'll, we'll move or So we can get some other topics in here before we wrap up. Um, going back to Aaron Boone, and you mentioned how he was—he's pretty much still beloved as a baseball as a player for the Yankees, pretty much because of one at bat. Let's assume uh, that the Yankees don't make the playoffs, and let's assume if they do, I hope
1: they, I hope they don't. I really hope I, they don't.
0: I agree with you. As, as cynical as that sounds, I think we're we're hoping they don't for the same reason, but uh let's assume they don't make the playoffs and or we can even say if they find a way to to miraculously back into a wild card spot and get eliminated and the playing a wild card whatever it is um do you think like is aaron boone's history as a member of the yankees organization whether it be coach or player obviously it's two completely different aaron boones this aaron boone i i I hesitate to use the word hated, but it's headed in that direction where he is hated as a Yankee manager, beloved as a Yankee player. How much do you think this impacts his, when it's said and done, his saga as a Yankee a member of the organization? Well,
1: I'm, I, it's t- I mean, I guess if they never reach a World Series, his legacy will be tainted. But... You know, that's tough to say where it's like, oh, well, if he doesn't reach the World Series, you know how many fan bases out there haven't even sniffed the playoffs in however many of that? Shut the hell up. All right. We're the Yankees. We know what we're in for. It's what you do. It's why it's the, you know, the argument. Oh, Derek Jeter. He never won an MVP. Blah, blah. Oh, you know what he did do? He won a lot of World Series and we won him a lot of World Series because of him. That's why people love Derek Jeter. He played and played well when it mattered. It's, you know, I it's tough. I I say, and it, again, it, it sounds stupid when we say, "Oh, I hope the Yankees don't make the playoffs." Why would you not want to watch the Yankees playoff baseball? Is my number one postseason. I've said that multiple times on this show. It's because of the drama. You're leaning on the edge of your seat for every pitch because every pitch really is that important. It's right up there with hockey, where it's any moment the momentum can shift, something can happen, and so the Yankees not making the playoffs. It sounds really dumb to say. No, oh, I hope they don't, but I hope they don't because I think that's the only way we get change. Because I'm sorry if I just can't imagine the Yankees in the season that they have had, as bad as it has been, they still have a winning record right now as of this recording. If they find a way to get into a wild card, if they somehow and with Garrett Cole in the mound, probably will be favored in that wild card game, win that match, and get into the divisional series. How do you fire Aaron Boone? I don't think they do because it's going to be the. How do you fire him when you make the ALDS in a couple of uh, ALCS in the couple? Of, you haven't had really an excuse to fire him, so I I don't see a world where the Yankees make the playoffs and Aaron Boone is fired, and Brian Cashman definitely comes back if somehow they make. The playoffs. It's like, oh, we have we have the pieces. We just need this or this, and we need to add a couple more here or there. But it's the same dumb-ass monotony that we've listened to and seen year after year. And I'm sorry, if the Yankees make the playoffs, there's excitement. Ooh, Yankees in the playoffs. And then they lose in five games in the divisional series after winning a wild-card game. Ooh, positives to take from the season. Let's all get excited for pitchers and catchers to report in the middle of February. No, doctor. I'm going to be sitting in the same damn spot Wishing that the Giants were still playing football.
0: Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I, I will. I'll leave it at this. I think if the Yankees did win a wild card game, if they backed into it, which I don't think is going to happen. I don't think the Yankees are making the playoffs this year. I hope they do. I, I mean, just and, and kind of like how we started. I hope they do because what else am I watching right now, Dennis? That's... You can't
1: say that. That's what else are you watching right now? If they make the playoffs, you'll be watching football, both college and the NFL, and hockey will be will be back. The point. But
0: bigger. if the Yankees made it to the ALDS and got swept, if it's any other front owner or, or ownership aside from Hal Steinbrenner, just doesn't have a set of cojones, then I think Aaron Boone would still be gone because that is the standard that George set that has not been followed since his passing, unfortunately. Or since he uh gave- I don't need to
1: I don't need to be watching the Yankees lose two to three, or I'm sorry, two to one, three to two games. In the middle of the week in the ALDS, when I could be watching action, so don't make the playoffs. Just let me watch football. Fire everybody, blow this bad boy up. We'll all be better.
0: As an alumni of a school that was formerly in action, I I can't disagree with you there, Dennis. uh, We'll move on. Um, We alluded to this earlier, but NFL training camp full swing. Not only is training camp in full swing, but as of last week. Preseason has begun. As of this recording, preseason is still going on. Uh, Week one of preseason, Patriots, Texans were on. Dennis, I don't care about any of those teams. We'll never see any of the players that are currently on the field right now. But, man, is it great, especially, like you mentioned, after this abysmal Yankee season we've had so far. It is just great to see a football field. I could care less what teams are playing and who is on there just to turn on the TV and see a football field and see the gridiron, see players going at it, That that's just always nice. Like, by the end of the year, depending on how your team does, does it get a little old? Maybe. But it's just it's the same thing when it's, like, opening day baseball. I don't even care what team's on. Just to see the baseball diamond is a very welcome sight, in my opinion. Um, let's talk about our New York football giants. Um, I, I have a lot to say. I'll, I'll kick it over to you here in a second. But, again, we don't need to rehash all the the – good and bad of last year's giant season but it was a just a a, a very much needed um what's what's the word they just overperformed they really overperformed not only just the players but the coaching staff um and they just we we hoped the team before last season started would take a turn in the right direction i don't think any of us expected that um Just it was just incredible, even leading up to our eventual last game, which was obviously a beat down in South Philly. Once the dust settled after that, to look back at it it was just still something incredible Um, between Daniel Jones playing for not only his Giants career, but essentially his career as an NFL starter. um, That dude was one bad year away from being in the XFL Um, And just played out of his mind with one of the most injured teams with one of the uh, most injured poorest performing wide receiving quarters with one of the most average uh, offensive lines put up insane numbers um, that depending on the category could be up there with some of the best in the NFL last year. Um, So that's all well and good, but now we turn the page that year's over. The draft is over. Uh, There is. if you thought there was a lot of pressure on Jones and the coaching staff and those those parties last year, crank it up a notch um, because that schedule gets tougher. Jones got paid, and you and I and the fans, the New York sports media, and just the NFL community are going to be expecting to see more of the same training camp. So far, it's training camp not going to buy into it just like if the Giants don't win a single preseason game or don't lose a single preseason game. I'm not going to buy too much into that on how the season's going to go. But by all accounts, nothing super negative has come out of training camp. The defense seems to be a little sluggish is the most negative thing I've pulled out of that so far when they've stayed relatively uh, healthy aside from an Evan, a mild Evan Neal concussion that he seems to have recovered from. Just fine. Daniel Jones seems to be killing it. Darren Waller uh, who's always an injury concern based on his career thus far. He seems to have been killing it. Darius Slayton seems to be Jones' number one target. Jalen Hyatt has seemed to be doing pretty well. So good things appear to be coming out of training camp from what I've been reading. So we'll talk about the season. We'll talk about Saquon in a second. let us I probably should have started with that. But Let's talk training camp and, and all that for a second, Dennis, and we'll get into that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say on training camp. You kind of alluded to all of the positives. That's why I, I hate this time of year because how good does Jalen Hyatt look? Danny Dimes with minuscule pressure, just launching dimes to Jalen Hyatt, slant routes, deep routes, whatever you want to call it. The guy looks all time. Now, obviously, We don't know how it will translate to game speed. And when we see him in the round, I'm not even going to count the preseason. Uh, I mean, I know we had like some Victor Cruz type hype in preseason when he first uh, bursted out of the scene. And then, you know, we got in regular season. But look, I was amped that they traded up, did what they and Jalen Hyatt fell is far as he did but he has the asterisks of he's a system guy and the way Tennessee runs their offense it's the same uh, Hendon Hooker and he was injured but he, he fell but all of their offensive guys kind of fell um, compared to you know projected where they were supposed to go uh, but I'm excited about him and I'm excited that he can develop into a kind of one one b type receiver for this Giants team but other than that I mean I've just seen you know, some of the videos, it's just good to see Dable. It's just, we we just talked about a coach that we both dislike very much so and have wanted out for the last now year and a half. It'll be two full seasons or whatever. But man, I, you just want to kiss that man on his big, beautiful, bald head. He just looks great. He, he's running up and down the field, yelling, his, but everything's positive. The conversations he's having with um, Thibodeau. The, the, it just, it looks good. It's ha- it, it, I'm happy to see him back. I'm happy to see him on the field. Uh I'm excited, man. I, I can't wait. We're T minus two and a half ish weeks for week zero for college football. And then labor day, will be the full swing for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, college football. And then boom, chiefs lions Thursday night oh. to kick it off who are the giants. I'm assuming that's who the giants are playing tomorrow because yep. they're joint practice. They've been joint practicing. Um, yep all week which is cool i'm gonna try and tune in assuming i can kind of get it i imagine it's probably just on like the giants nbc affiliate type that they usually do with bob papa and company
0: yep it's only gonna be uh, on in new york detroit but i'm gonna probably just pull it up on my laptop
1: yeah try to see i don't know if there are any like expectations for starters type to play i i guess i doubt it but Lions are an intriguing team, man. Like, like, I think that if you think they don't have a shot at winning that division this year, you're out of your mind. I I I got laughed at last year for putting five bucks on them to win the division. But I I did win my money when they finished in second in that division after they beat the Packers the last week of the year.
0: I did not laugh at you because I thought that was a strong possibility. I think it's a very strong
1: possibility.
0: My boys, of course. Uh, it's a,
1: it's a, it's one of those teams that say the way it'd be interesting. I, I mean, you're not in that area anymore, but the way we talk about Dable and the excitement we have for this Giants organization going forward, what Detroit is kind of going for, I feel like they don't have their quarterback yet. They probably all don't believe in Jared Goff, but he does enough. And they addressed some serious playmaker issues in the draft for them offensively. They have one of the best receivers, maybe even underrated in St. Brown. So I, I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch this year. So it's funny. It's an exciting kind of week one because I'm assuming, do we still have the Jets and the Patriots? Because it's only three games. We yes,
0: Jets and Patriots.
1: Okay, yeah. So I could give a crap about even though I'm actually going to watch Hard Knocks this year because it's the Jets and all I needed to see was that dumb little video of Aaron Rodgers and Sauce Gardner. Doing their little handshake where they and then like smoke the joint or whatever it is. And then I don't know if you saw it afterwards, but Aaron Rodgers like went to put it out on a teammate's arm. He He's the coolest guy in the world. I
0: forgot that Hard Knocks came out, so I, I do have to watch it. there
1: one episode and I think it's maybe it's, it's HBO's Big Night Sunday, but I feel like it's not Sunday night. Maybe it's like Monday night it debuted.
0: Really quick, that was funny how you were like, yeah,
1: Jerry Goff, yeah, he's okay.
0: Imagine saying that a couple of years ago when he was in Los Angeles. That's nuts. It's like,
1: yeah, yeah, he, he
0: could do the job. He's serviceable. Like, we're talking about, like, Kirk Cousins here. Um, but, no, Um but, and, and also, I don't know if you saw this. They post on Giants social media. They do this thing where they have, like, a thing in front of a camera where it's like, what's your favorite movie? And I've seen like,
1: a bunch of these. They just had one where it was like, say something nice about the Lions, yeah. something nice about the Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: Lion King's my favorite movie. And then they just go to, uh, <laughs> Who did they go to a Dory Jackson? I think it was. Wasn't
1: it Dory Jackson? I don't know which. They watch the whole thing, so I don't know. He's like,
0: oh, I played with this guy, and I played with this guy, and like three weeks later, he's like, and then this guy's really great, and then this guy, and anywho, um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Training camp's been awesome, and I, I mean, to your point about how positive it sounds amidst what is a lot of pressure to show clear and obvious improvement from a year after a year that we saw clear and obvious improvement. Um, There's like, I'm seeing a lot like about guys, just again, we don't see it a whole lot in on the field necessarily. We don't really see it a whole lot, at least emotionally in the field. We don't see it a whole lot in post-game press conferences from Daniel Jones, but he's doing something behind closed doors that these players really, truly respect him as a leader. The guy Darius Slayton has to be Daniel Jones' number one fan, because that guy is just anytime there is something throwing Daniel Jones at the bottom of like the NFL rank or the quarterback rankings, or someone has a negative comment to say he's quote retweeting it on Twitter or X or whatever the heck it's called now, and he's just saying you know I want to play with Daniel Jones my whole career I want to I want to develop as he develops, and the guy Daniel Jones is doing something behind the scenes that is not obvious to us at home. Um anywho, yeah, I, I'm super excited. We can talk more about predictions and, and all that. I mean I'm sure we will prior to week one as opposed to with three games of preseason left to go here. Um, but let's talk about the elephant in the room, um, which is Saquon Barkley. Uh Dennis, I said when it first got started and Joe Shane and Saquon were like, you know, we're gonna wait till the season's over. All right, the season's over. We don't have anything yet, but our parties are meeting. Okay, we don't have yet, but we're still having ongoing negotiations. We'll get there eventually. We're not worried about it. And I I said, I don't want this to get to the point where our star player, one of the star athletes of the city of New York, one of the faces of New York sports, um, a fan favorite, every other jersey in, at MetLife is, has Barkley on the back of it either the coaching staff in the front office isn't crazy about him anymore. He's not crazy about the team. And it gets to this point where there's this toxic, uh, relationship going on. I was so afraid it looked like it was, it it may have had, we don't know what the relationship is now. Uh, credit to Saquon, credit to Joe Shane, credit to Brian Dable for at least portraying a very professional relationship, uh, to the public, to the media. Um, we don't necessarily have a reason to believe that things are toxic, but Saquon said, "You know, I get it. It's a business. I've been in the NFL long enough. I know. But also, I wouldn't. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed. The Giants, they get them for a year uh, with I think it was a two million dollar signing bonus. I think eleven million plus two million, or was it thirteen million plus two million?
1: Uh I, I don't. remember. I think it. Was, I think it was eleven.
0: Eleven plus two million signing bonus." So making more, obviously, than he would have on the tag. But one year, they'll leave the tag open again. So we could be having this exact conversation at the end of next season. So the Giants have their guy. He's on under contract. Um, but there's got to be a weird taste in, in all their mouths after that, I would have to assume. Um, so you hope in the locker room. I no reason to, to think that right now based on what I've seen, but You got to worry that your your most prolific player, one of the most prolific in the league, is he going into it with his heart completely in it.
1: I mean, I was going to say play devil's advocate. I didn't know that's what you were going to go with. I think he's playing – he's going to come out like a bat out of hell. And I say that because – I hope – He didn't want to be tagged. He wanted the contract. He thought what he did last year was evident enough. He wanted too much money. And I understand his point of view when he's on the field. He's one of the best running backs. You can make the argument for maybe the best running back in the league. Him, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, kind of that dual threat, can do it all on the field, can be a four down back, run it through the gut, swing it out, pass get every, you know, you watch the tape, you know what you're getting at. I understand where the Giants were coming from. We don't want to pay. We don't want that money, that salary cap on one position. We're, this is still a rebuilding team. You mentioned it. They exceeded expectations last year. I think, I hope, I think in our group at least, and I would hope for the most part for this fan base, we're expecting the Giants to be better but have a worse record. They're going to perform. They're going to improve on what we saw last year, but the schedule is too difficult, and there are some. You know, we don't know what we're going to get out of the offense completely. It it took a lot last year, and it took a, a lot of guys to step up. Uh, it took it took Daniel Jones to really become that dual threat guy. Like, let him run the ball because we can't run the ball. So let him run the ball. Uh. So I think. I think Barkley comes out knowing that he's got a year to prove to either the team he is playing for or another team that he's worthy of 14 to $16 million a year because you're approaching 25, six, whatever age. And what are we looking at? Five, six, maybe seven years left in your NFL career. That's being generous. Assuming you can say healthy.
0: I was going to say without those injuries already.
1: Yeah. You need like healthy. So there is no more added damage to the injuries you already have on your body. Uh, And, and, you know, it's different, you know, medicine is different now the way guys train, the way they prepare, everything is different now, but so the longevity has been increased from every position, but you know, for the running back, you still look at 30 years old as kind of that tipping point of, well, it's over. Or eh, maybe it's a couple of years, but. So I think he comes out like a bat out of hell. I think he likes his organization. They had the faith to draft him second overall. I know that the regime that did that is no longer here. But he knows how much he means. And I mean, I'm sorry if he comes out and he's close to 2,000 all-purpose yards, double-digit touchdowns, The guy's worthy of, and he does it, this is, this will be two years in a row. He's worthy of the money he'd be asking for, whether he gets it from the Giants or from one of the other 31 teams in this league. And I think there are a bunch of teams that would probably come calling to acquire him, but I hope that the Giants would see it and then maybe, all right, it's another year. Here's the discount. It's 14 million, couple of years. Be the cornerstone, be this piece that, you know, sends the Giants up. Again, we're, we're not far removed from me being one of the people that's saying, no, you got to let Barkley go because there are too many positions we need. So it it's, t- it's on the Giants, it's on this front office. And again, you've said it countless times. Joe Shane has given us no reason to question what he is doing. So... And that day
0: that day may come. It just hasn't yet.
1: Yeah. And everything he has done has been spot on. I think the the two drafts he has done, I think they have been yep. knocked it out of the park. I think he's got cornerstones in that defense. Dex and Thibodeau, I think are possible 10 year players for this team. And and we'll see if they buy in with Daniel Joe. We'll see it offensively too. We didn't get to see a lot of Wandell Robinson last year. All of a sudden, you pair him in the slot with Jalen Hyatt. We could be looking at a dangerous combination. Two guys out of the SEC. Yeah. Two guys that are skilled, talented.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the only, the only, like, I I love Saquon. Like, he's, he is, like you said, or, or should be. He is right now the cornerstone of, of this team. He, He is the Aaron Judge of the Yankees, where, he is beloved. That is every, every, the name on every other Jersey in the stadium is, is Barkley. And he, he's just beloved with this team. I was afraid that I was getting to the point where man, that breeze feels nice right there. We haven't had one of those in a few days, but I was getting worried to
1: Nipping, the little point. nipple heartage. You get i Might be, Oh my God. Little, 115 degrees in the
0: last three days. Um, I was getting the ball was in the Giants court because if it wasn't Barkley would have been on another team by now, or by that point, I should say. Mm -hmm. No one was going for him. So I don't know what he thought or what him and his team of agents thought they were going to get. Trust me. I feel for him. I feel for the running backs. I don't disagree with them that the market right now is somewhat unfair to running backs. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't completely disagree, at least I should say. The running back lifespan, you kind of alluded to it, Dennis, is not as lengthy as maybe some other positions are in the NFL. But I can still feel for those guys and understand where they're coming from. But unfortunately, and Saquon is mature enough to acknowledge this, at least in front of the media, that it is a business. And he understands it's a business. And part of the business, part of the NFL, is sometimes these things are not fair. This is one of those things. He's not getting offers from other teams. The Giants said well, no one's beating that offer. If they were, he'd be in Houston right now. So that's that's the reality of it. So for him to hold out as long as he did and just essentially, I'm not going to say he ignored it, but put off what the reality of the situation was Little by little, I was kind of turning away from Saquon and kind of like you were saying, Dennis, you're you're talking about the end of this upcoming season. At that point, I was like, you know what? All right, Saquon, see you. Godspeed. Best of luck. You find a better deal, go for it. We'll be waiting here to say I told you so when you come back and no one's giving you the offer. And then he had that interview where he said, you know what, what I could do is I could say F off to the Giants. But I'm not that kind of guy, and I could miss out on a year. You're not going to miss out on a year. You know you can't. You've had two season-ending injuries that, in some cases, for some people, depending on the where they are at in their career, would be career-ending injuries. So you don't, as much as talking heads wanted to throw that in there for the sake of argument to take up some time on the morning radio shows or whatever, he didn't have any leverage. He had none. He really had none. The only person. If he skipped out on that year, sure, As would the Giants and Giants fans prefer to see him play this year? Does he make our team that much better? Duh, of course he does. But a guy that had two ACL injuries is going to skip out on a year in his mid-20s? To your point, Dennis, how much time does he have left in the NFL? The only, player, the only person he would have been hurting would have been himself. He had zero leverage to work with. And that was why at the end I was like, come on, man. Like, like, what are you doing? Like, we don't know you to be a selfish person or a stupid person. But like, what do you, what are you doing? Who in your circle is whispering in your ear that you had leverage? So that turned me off a little bit from Saquon. The way he handled it after made me feel a little bit better. I just hope to your point, Dennis, that he's like, all right, I clearly still have something to prove here and I'm going to go out and do it for myself and for the team.
1: Yeah, and that's why I said come out like a bat out of hell. I think it – I did hear some of that, and it was – I don't know. I didn't read really anything into it because I think part of the reason you draft Saquon so highly was not just his skill, but the human being that he was, the attitude that he had, the way he handled himself, the way he carried himself, he, he's a pro and he showed that at Penn state. And I thought he was going to show it no matter who took him wherever he was going to be drafted. It, it was almost, it became like a no brainer. Okay. If you don't love these quarterbacks, take the best player in the draft. That's this guy. And it's not just his play. It's everything else. It's the intangibles, the off the field, the brain, it, it, it's that stuff. So he knows he probably had a ton of talking heads, ton of buddies, of friends, family, his agent, get the bag, get the bag, screw the team, screw the but it is a business, but go get your money, but blah, blah, blah. if you play, if you perform, you'll get the bag. You'll be fine. And I think he knew that and he had to do everything he could to try and just get his bag. But like you said, he had no argument. The guy had two great all-pro years but he also had a couple of really really bad years where he didn't play. So if you're the franchise, how much investment are you going to make? So that's why I think, and I think he sees, and I hope he sees himself as a vital part of this team. This is still a rebuilding team. I know they made the playoffs last year. And I, I think, you know, we set the expectation. Hopefully let's get to nine wins. Can we get back to nine wins? That would be a really good season. We know how good the Eagles are going to be. We don't know what Dallas is going to look like. I think Washington will be a little bit better, but they really don't have a quarterback yet. So, and we, I I guess their defense is going to be okay, but I think they might take a step back. Division wise. So, but like, this is a young team. It's a young offense. And we saw the way his workouts, he was really close to OBJ. So he's got the relationship with the wide receivers. we got a lot of young wide receivers on this team right now. Be that guy. Be the guy to look up to the way you carry yourself in New York, the way, the the giant way, just to be a giant. We always talk about that. It's weird. It's dumb. Maybe some people don't understand it, but that blue collar kind of giant way. Saquon has that about himself. That's what makes him special. So, you know, I, I, when he says he wants to be a giant, I really do believe him. The issue is just him staying healthy enough and proving he can be consistent on a year-to-year basis, and that'll be this year. We saw it last year. We already talked about this in our the infamous group chat. We don't make the playoffs last year if it's not for him. So if he comes back out and we see him in all 17 games and we see him play his ass off and do it successfully, the Giants are going to win more than they would lose, and I, I think then he gets his payday. I don't know if it'll be what he wants. If the Giants then lowball him, you know, eight months from now, that's on the Giants. And if he wants to walk, he walks. But like I said, I, I think he comes with a huge chip on his shoulder. And I think he comes with, he's got the captain patch on his jersey, man. I think he comes with a huge leadership role this year. And he's one of the main reasons the Giants are able to be a consistent football team i you know if we don't have any injuries don't have any crap coming in that affects anything if the Giants are having a fine season I think we have you know yes you're knocking on your head knock on wood I think I I think he's the reason that the Giants will be contending for a wild card spot this year and that's exciting it's exciting to have that type of guy so
0: Dennis, I mean, I'll, I'll, I know we, so we'd be ten. I just want to run one more, one more, th- one more thing by it. We have three weeks preseason football giants. Um, I'm assuming this will be out by the time the game starts tomorrow, but giants uh, Detroit game one of preseason again, who do we see? Do we even see Daniel Jones for a series? We don't know. I'm just going to be so happy to see the NY actively someone, some third string dude with an NY on their helmet running around on the field somewhere. I'm just excited. Are, about
1: it. To, are we changing? Are we getting an actual logo this year?
0: We have a logo on the field this year. The NY, That's will be, the NY will be on the field. There's this. I'm telling you, we're we're heading a new direction. We got. It's we're doing what we wish the Yankees would do. Just just new. We're bringing a new culture here. Um, Dennis, I yeah, we'll we'll go in. Uh, Matt and Dennis, I, I hope we're back here for for the time being. Football is usually Matt and Dennis at its best. So uh, oh, we gotta,
1: we got to keep it week to week. So then we can get the picks. We'll get the boys back together. Yeah, we'll bring
0: all, all all your regular characters. We'll we'll have them all back at some point. So we'll, as preseason goes on, <laughs> as we anticipate uh, NFL, college football, baseball class. we'll obviously dig more into that. Dennis, really quick, if you have if you have time, I wanted to get your thoughts. I put in my notes that I wanted to talk about Messi being in MLS. We could talk about that some other time. I
1: don't did know, uh, like, he beat your Orlando City football club?
0: They won in the league's cup in this random tournament, but he has yet to make his MLS debut. Which uh, his first game against Orlando in MLS will be in Orlando, a few blocks down the road here, which my ticket is currently selling at as as high as three hundred ten dollars on StubHub. Um,
1: Wait, so is the MLS season not started? What are the games they've been playing? More
0: more motorcycles. So this is a uh, Jesus. Hold on. This is a random, uh, random tournament that just happens in the middle of the season. So the league is on hold. They're doing this tournament, which is the American, uh, soccer teams versus the Mexican soccer teams in one big league or one big tournament. So then once it's on the back end, MLS, uh, resumes, um, kind of like how the World cup interrupts, whatever league is going on.
1: Uh Okay. Um, Kind of like the uh women's world cup is interrupting me winning parlays.
0: I, I won a big one in Wildwood, at 190 bucks. It was nice to be back in a draft kick. Getting on soccer? No, I did like a seven leg baseball parlay.
1: Oh, so <laughs> I went home I went home a week ago and I had a parlay boost, but I had to use two different sports. Obviously, now if you're a sports fan, there are really not two sports happening at once. You could do golf, but it was o- it ex- it was gonna expire like a Tuesday or Wednesday before golf started. I had not seen, it was like a week thing and I didn't see it. So I caught it the late. So I put in like five baseball, and I'm like, screw it. It's a 25% boost thing. Big deal. Five baseball bets. And I'm like, what's the other sport? Well, the the main screen is all the U S women's world cup. I'm like, huh, oh, United States is playing Portugal tomorrow. I'll throw in the money line. All five of my, ba- I don't watch baseball, Matt. We've already talked about this on the show. All five. Hit all of them. I took the Yankees and I think they were playing the Rays. Took the under. Uh I took a Cincinnati Reds money line. They were somehow favored against the Cubs, which doesn't make any sense. I thought the Reds are doing really good this year. They're all five hit. Wake up the next morning. Draw with Portugal. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this soccer team was supposed to be good. I thought they were supposed to be life changing.
0: Oh, this year they're bad. They were bad. Are they the
1: men? If this was the men, I wouldn't have bet on them, but they're yeah. the women. I thought the women were supposed to be otherworldly. Evidently not. This, this really bad.
0: Really quick, the only one I won, well, I won a couple. I won like two like $25 ones, but I won a $180 or $170 one. And it was me and my brother both did essentially the same parlay, except in the uh, Angels-Mariners game, as you can imagine, went on until like 1 o'clock in the morning. He took Angels-Money line. I took Mariners plus one and a half. It's like a bad beats if you could ever imagine on. It's the ninth inning. The Angels have a three to one. Were you watching th- together? Uh, I was following along on my phone. We weren't like sitting in front of a TV watching okay. it. But we're following along. It's, it's, uh, Angels are up three one in the ninth inning. He has Angels money line. I have Mariners plus one and a half. So Dominic has it right now. Bases loaded. Nobody out for the Mariners. One out. And I'm like, crap. Still 3 1 next at bat. I like looked down at my phone like Mariner's grand slam. <laughs> so I and then like the Dodgers were still like only in the fifth inning. So they're like, You want to cash out for 171 bucks at 180? I was like, Yes. So, anywho, I had one one more thing I wanted to throw in there at you, Dennis. As a fan of uh the um what do you call it? The, the power five or uh, what, what's the, what are they, what do you call the conferences that are not the best five conferences?
1: Oh, college football. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the power five. Power
0: five. Thank you. The, not exactly.
1: The, not exactly the power five starting next year, but you know,
0: no, exactly. So that's where I'm going with this. Let's, okay. let's get this out really quick. I mean, my beloved temple owls might be in a conference of Boise state in the next couple of years. Who knows? Dennis, Say you are not a diehard college football fan, but you are a college football fan, like myself. Not diehard as you, but I tune into all the games. I tune into Hawaii at midnight. I understand the money and the business side of it. I get that. Just money is king. I understand that. But as a casual college football fan, how does this make any sense? Or or as a college athletics fan, I've already seen the memes. How are you going to make the poor Rutgers women's volleyball team fly out on a Tuesday to Eugene, Oregon. I mean, besides money is king, is that all it is? Like, is college athletics as we know it, just the NIL, that's one thing. I don't disagree with that. The players should get compensated. I don't disagree That's that. It's a story for another time we've talked about that. But the realignment, what, what schools, what D1 college football schools are not in the Big Ten? <laughs> I can't keep track of it. It doesn't make any sense. There are not going to be any geographical conferences left besides the Ivy League when this is said and done. So to someone that is much more invested in college football, what is going on?
1: Uh The easy answer, what you just said, m- money. Yeah. that That's all that, that's all that matters. That's a good pull, by the way, the Ivy League, that, that is a good point. That, that might be the only league that retains uh geographical relevance, like makes sense. For where they are, I mean, hell, the ACC, which is literally the Atlantic Coast Conference, is taking votes on whether they should out- add California and Stanford. So, I don't know if their name would make sense anymore. Um, before I forget,
0: can I throw in? I don't know if you saw, um, do you follow the sickos on Twitter? Yeah. So, they uh, I don't know if this is a real quote. The, the sickos always post legitimate stuff, like legitimate mm-hmm. facts. So I'm going to assume it is, but they quoted, I guess, the Stanford football coach where he says, I don't get what the big deal is. People used to travel from the Atlantic to the Pacific on horse-drawn wagons, and they become different people when they got there. We take a four or five hour flight and we have snacks.
1: So he li- he, he yeah. did not say the horse-drawn wagons and stuff, but he literally did say that. He said, we'll travel. It's not that big of a deal. It's only a four or five hour flight. You get some beverages and you get some snacks. So it sounds stupid, uh, from his perspective. Yes, in football, this is the prop, This is the biggest problem. This is what I mean. It sucks because, like, this is what my job is. It's college football, and right now, we're not talking about previewing the season. Over on the NFL channels and all the radio stations, the NFL Network, it's all training camp and this and that and all these dumb rumors and all these hypes and hi- whatever it might be. Getting ready for the season. College football, not happening. There's no preview being had for the season. That kicks off in 14 days is when it's like they're not talking about it. They're talking about which conference is going to be absolved, which team is going to be playing where, and it's next year. None of this affects this year, obviously. Uh, But, yeah, it it sucks because football is determining everything. And, unfortunately – it affects the the sports that don't generate the same amount of money. And that is and basketball's right behind. And the Big Twelve's been one of those conferences that is really riding their basketball. And that like you look at the teams that they've added, which will be part of this year, like Houston is one of them. Houston basketball being in the Big Twelve this year is going to be huge. And already made arguably the best basketball conference in the country. Now you add. The other, you know, you power five, it's the group of five is Houston. Oh, they don't play anybody. Well, now they're going to, they're going to play some teams like Houston's going to be. So, but it sucks. It's unfortunate that a conference like the Pac 12 that has like literally over 100 years of history may not exist within 30 to 60 days because they literally have four teams remaining going into next year and that's Washington state, Oregon state, Cal and Stanford.
0: I saw a rumor today that Washington state could potentially join the American.
1: So it, that's ha- like people have talked about that and I don't think that'll happen. The more realistic thing will be like a Mountain West type tie-in, but again, hats off to their commissioner before 2021 Mountain West, which includes teams like Boise State, Air Force, Hawaii, San Diego State, or, yeah, San, San Diego State, San Jose State, who won the conference a couple of years ago. Like, before 2021, there was no buyout or any; They they could just leave the conference willy-nilly, could do whatever they want as an institution. After or going into the year 2021, there became, like, some, if you're going to leave the conference, we need a year notice and you're still going to pay, I think it was like $20 million or whatever to buy yourself out of the conference. If it's less than a year, it's like 30-ish something. I, the numbers are stood. I can't remember the numbers offhand, but it's on Twitter. Go ahead and Google it if you want. But yeah, that's the more, that's what we think People, it might happen. Like some big West Coast league. No one really knows. I mean, Chip Kelly Said he's the coach of UCLA, who will be a Big Ten. They will be a Big Ten member next year. Said that, like Notre Dame is still independent, and the only negative effect for Notre Dame going forward will be if they go say twelve and zero in a regular season. When the playoff expands, which will be next year, it's expanding from four teams to twelve teams. The top four teams in the twelve team playoff will get a bye. Notre Dame, because they're not part of a conference will not get a buy. So they could go 12-0 regular season, be the best team in the country, number one overall. They will be the fifth seed because you need to win your conference in order to get a buy. That was part of the agreement that all these conference commissioners made. So like they're playing with some fire there. But he has said college football should just go independent. The college football playoff is already not part of the NCAA. It's a separate entity. It works on its own. It's not an NCAA national championship. Whereas when you watch basketball, softball, baseball, golf, whatever, they hoist up that dumb wooden plaque with the gold NCAA logo on it. It's an NCAA championship. College football for a long time, going back to the BCS with the the silver football, has not been an NCAA regulated championship. So talks are that it's heading towards independence, which would then, okay, let's make it Two conferences, and that's the Big Ten, where next year we'll have 20 football teams, 20 team, 20 institutions. The SEC has, I think, 16 when Texas and Oklahoma join, or it's 18. I think it's 16 when Texas and Oklahoma join next year. Okay, so it's two super leagues. Well, what about the Big 12? Because they've added a lot and they're about to take on Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah from the Pac-12. Like it's they have a bunch, they're gonna have 14. This year they're gonna play with 14, then they're gonna go back to 12, and I think they're gonna go up to 15 or 16, whatever the hell it is. You know, I don't know. But it's it's like, yeah, oh, all these teams will play here, but let's make it easy for the teams in the regions to play each other, and all of a sudden you look at the NFL. Two conferences, four divisions in each conference, football. It's an NFL model. The NFL has been brought up a multitude of times when t- trying to determine what the future of college football will look like. It makes no sense. It sucks because the non-revenue sports, and for this country, I know I don't care about it, but a lot of people do. The Olympic sports, the swimming, the diving, the, the, the polo, the, talk any skiing, go, talk about anything Olympic, and like Cal and Stanford are huge for that. The West Coast teams are big in Olympic sports. They don't care about him anymore. That's the quote-unquote we don't care. But you'll hear from athletic directors that they do. You'll hear from conference commissioners that they do. But the problem is the TV money is not there. And the Pac-12 dissolved is dissolving because like a, a perfect example is the Big Ten's contract, which takes effect from Fox, NBC, slash Peacock. And one more, I think the big 10, Oh, CBS, they're going to CBS. This is the last year of the sec on CBS. So their contract, it's, it's, you're looking at payouts between 60 and like $70 million per school, Oregon and Washington will come in. They have to take a pay cut because they're not part of the initial deal, but there are reports that Fox came in and like gave a little bit more money to add these institutions because their name, because their notoriety, because of what they do, In football. So they're going to make like $30 million for the first couple of years. The Pac-12, it's been reported that their media rights working with Apple for like streaming only package was going to net like between 20 and 25 million with the possibility of reaching 30 million if we could get this many subscribers once you guys are in. If you're the and this is the problem, it's not the athletic directors, it's not the coaches, not the it's the school presidents that are making these decisions. So it's not people that just have academics or sports on. It's everything. It's the entire institution that are making these decisions. So they look at their conference commissioner and they say, okay, twenty to twenty five million guaranteed, or I can go to this league where all other teams are making between sixty and seventy million. And if I go early, I can make 30 million for the first couple of years. You're only maybe guessing that I get 30, but I get guaranteed 30 from this school or from this conference. And then obviously the number will go up after the first couple of years of being in that conference. And there is stability there because you have the TV contract. Yeah, I'm out. I'm leaving. And you look at the big 10 where they already have two of our schools. Yeah, I'm leaving. So that's that's what it came down to. And hats off, to, to Brett Yormark, who's the commissioner of the Big 12, who got out in front of their, their contract, their TV contracts expired at the same time as the Pac-12. He initiated it and started everything early and got an extension from ESPN last fall. They didn't have to worry about any of this. They didn't know. And he's quoted from Big 12 Media Days, which was in the middle of July, saying that if they didn't make that deal, the Big 12 is probably in the same spot that the Pac-12 is in. They probably don't get the same dollar figure from ESPN that they got last September probably. compared to what they would have gotten, say, this June, July, now into August that the Pac-12 was waiting for. Yep. So he made a good decision. George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, did not. And
0: Probably right, and Dennis, he made a good Point and we got to wrap up, but you made a good point. I think we'll revisit this uh between now and the beginning of college football season. Unfortunately, because again, to your point, when you could be talking about what who's gonna be doing well, who's gonna have a down here, who's gonna have an up year, we're talking about the complete face of the college football, at least geographical landscape and conference play landscape changing forever. This is coming off of a year or two of. NIL stuff, which changed the face of college athletics forever. Now something else is here that is, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to go down a wormhole right now, but I'm sure this happened before this. But the first big, at least for me, following collegiate athletics, whether it be college football or basketball, I remember the Big East when all the religiously affiliated schools, or all the not, I should say, the non-religiously affiliated schools left the Big East and religiously affiliated stayed although since then non-religiously affiliated schools joined back in the big east that seemed to be for me what i remember at least kind of the where it began completely different sport but that's kind of when no one would ever think anytime a team left a conference and went to another one it was this whole this whole deal now it's every day there's this and that, this and that, and this and that. No one, no one that listens to the show gives a crap about Temple. But I'm ready for Temple Hawaii football every year. I, I can't wait.
1: Well, and that's the the part, it's that was not the first. It, there were there used to be a conference called the Southwest, and that's when Oklahoma, and Nebraska played every year in Texas, and that dissolved. And then all of a sudden we had the SEC and the Big Twelve form, and that was in the '90s. But the big tw- or the big East is the East a,
0: one seemed to be the one that got the media like that
1: well it was all, it, that all, kinda, it was that all based story. on TV money but at the same time all of those realignments they were still geographically making cu- making sense sort of now it doesn't that doesn't mean anything and it's ruining rivalries and ruining it, for and this the unfortunate thing schools like yours are when you they say when they We're say shit home. runs downhill you guys are downhill yeah because unfortunately we, nobody cares about those programs we really don't have
0: homes and i i i mean again the american will survive for a while but and i get it there are still but what the heck does that look like and two even if i you guys you and and the rest of the group and and rt when he comes on and i know you guys like to give me shit about it i still wholeheartedly believe it and it it, be, it seems more likely that one day temple would join the acc because the acc will not be what the acc was and they'll be desperate to keep on a hold of anyone because now some of their biggest names are trying to leave
1: yeah there it really all depends and it's still even like you want to go up you know a league even talks have died down but the big 12 has talked a lot to yukon and gonzaga as the, the, big 12. the Big 12 has prioritized basketball more than any other conference in this, knowing that both of those sports bring in the money. So we don't need all of the, if we're going to lose Texas and Oklahoma, we can bring in Houston and Cincinnati and BYU. And now we're going to bring in Utah, Arizona, Arizona state. Those are big areas of the country. Those are big names. You're going to bring Arizona basketball and Houston basketball into that conference. Well, why, why should the whack survive? Let's go get Gonzaga. You've said it. Geographical locations don't matter. What about UConn? Why should UConn have to stay in the Big East? Let's go get UConn. The Big 12 doesn't have a footprint in the Northeast. UConn gives them a footprint in that. The other team to watch in this is Florida State. If Florida State, who is trying so hard to get out of the grant of rights from the ACC and the grant of rights is the contract they had to sign after they made the contract with ESPN for their TV deal, which they're making pennies compared to what the sec and the big 10 have gotten. They sign their contracts afterwards. And their whole argument is that they're just making 30 to $40 million less a year than these other schools. How are they supposed to compete? They want to leave. So if they go, if they, the deadline is August 15th, they're not going anywhere this year. They might not go anywhere next year, but people are on record saying within three, four years, Florida state's leaving the ACC. That means the ACC itself could blow up.
0: I think I think it will. And I mean, your point about UConn and uh, UConn, what what's what's UConn's second home outside of any of their C- Connecticut arenas? The Garden. And then you give the Big 12 a home at the Garden, essentially, with it's some weird classic that they would do against UConn. And to your point, you give the Big 12 more of a footprint.
1: And they just and again, this means nothing really like college relevant and a lot of people that maybe don't follow college sports know this. They had a huge event at Rucker Park in New York. Baylor players and Scott Drew were there. Yeah. Self and Kansas players were there. Kansas State was there. Iowa State, Iowa was there. They had their teams, their brands in New York. What are they doing? They're trying. Everything is about recruiting. Everything is about creating a footprint in places that you aren't. They're playing yeah. games in Mexico City this year.
0: Yeah. So changing times it's it's nuts but yeah like i said we'll we're not the last time we're going to be talking about this um we'll definitely give it more
1: air time badly no every year it's the same thing yeah you just want to talk sports like we have on this great podcast today good show shitty yankees great giants yeah and you got college college sports And
0: and me literally suffering a heat stroke um all 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 in one episode um dennis it's Good talking to you again. We're on the back end of summer. Unfortunately for you, it's going to get colder where you are. Uh, also, unfortunately for me, it's still going to be 100 degrees for the next three months. Um, but I will have the last laugh when it is very cold up
1: there. It
0: is still It doesn't somewhat... really
1: get very cold up here.
0: Oh, yeah, you're kind of, I guess you're in the middle area there. You're not, you're not way up. We don't, in
1: there. we don't get much snow. It's unfortunate.
0: Um, but anywho, and Dennis, we'll talk about golf too. I've still been tuned in
1: um what's going on right now
0: Yep, no i've been i've been watching i've, I've i have a plan to get some clubs soon so so we'll see i was in wildwood did some mini golf there my my short game was strong it was very strong i will say i won two straight golf matches granted the competition was my parents and social media manager lauren but my short game was strong
1: i expect more from big dom gonna be honest
0: yeah, no, he uh, he came in third, actually, uh, behind social media manager, Lauren. He tied with my mom. It wasn't,
1: that, wasn't That's a disappointment. Can we blame it course. on the alcohol? Courses,
0: no. No, there was not a whole lot of alcohol involved. The courses were uh, the lighthouse one, Wildwood Crest, and an indoor 18-hole uh, Pirates-themed 3D uh, uh, course on the boardwalk. So those will both be on the tour next
1: year. Well, I don't know if he listens to every episode, but you got to be better, Big Dom. Yeah, he doesn't, I don't think he listens to any of them, but I'll
0: tell him to listen to this one. Um, yeah. Anyway. Listen to the end. Um, looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks in person. Maybe we could sneak an uh, in-person show in there throughout the course of the weekend. Possibly. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. And then, uh, yeah, then I'll see you again in person about a month and a half or so after that. going to be great. I get, I get to see you. Twice in the next couple of months. It's going to be awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, we has got high. um Matt and Dennis Pod on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can find um, our current episodes and past episodes. We back, and I appreciate our, uh, as Dennis uh, alluded to, our infamous group text, uh, especially Nick, Nick Burns, uh, arguably our number one fan who is really.
1: Coming down to the DMV this weekend. Nick and his uh,
0: wife. Yep. DMV, is that the Del Marva? Is that what that stands for? Or he's going to the DMV to get like car stuff done?
1: No, yeah, he's coming down my way, the DMV. Isn't it just, I don't know what it actually stands for.
0: DMV, I believe is... I thought it was
1: Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. No?
0: Exactly, the Del Del Marva. Oh, okay. Yeah. You learn something new every day, Dennis.
1: I guess. (laughs) Okay.
0: At Dennis Pod, I'm gonna get in bed, watch some uh, watch some preseason football, and fall asleep to that. Dennis, again, pleasure seeing you. We'll do this again. We're gonna hopefully we'll probably do one episode. I would assume up to football season. Then we will debate if we want to have uh, go back to our two episode kind of recapping the weekend pre gaming or uh, the the upcoming weekend. Of, of nfl and college football so um we'll talk about that but giants football we back tomorrow i don't care if it's preseason i'm pumped i'm gonna put my Giants hat on depending on how hot it is i might wear my jersey who the heck knows
1: um but i'm out dennis you got anything else to add i got nothing else i gotta pee really bad yeah i got i'm having
0: a heat stroke i'm gonna take myself to the hospital after this or i'm just gonna take a very quick shower that should be the trick all right ladies and gentlemen again matt dennis pod on twitter all of our episodes are there. Former dear friend Dennis Vinci, my name is Matt Scarano. It is so good to be back. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Dennis.
1: Adios.